Virgin Valley Artists Association welcomes you to the Art Box, recorded in our beautiful Mesquite, Nevada, and sponsored by the Virgin Valley Artists Association. Our association has something for everyone of all ages. Come and get creative with us at 15 West Mesquite Boulevard, or find us online at mesquitefineartcenter.com, or on Facebook as Mesquite Fine Art Center, also on Facebook, the Art Box. Welcome to the Art Box Podcast. I'm Linda with my co-host, Steve. And today we're interviewing Eric and Lisa Wardell. Welcome, guys. Hello. Hi. Glad you're here. Would you like to tell us a little bit about how you got started with your art or living in Mesquite? Well, I was uh, working as a professional photographer a lot of years in Montana, and I would, every winter, I was going back and forth to conventions, photographic conventions in Vegas, and I would stay here at the Virgin or the Casa just, you know, because it was cheap and nice and I just kind of fell in love with this town and I kept telling her about it and she wasn't having it. <laughs> so in 2008, hold I... Hold it, hold it. Lisa, you weren't having it? <laughs> and at that time you were living where? In Montana. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was really ugly here. Sorry. <laughs> But it wasn't. In fact, the mountains here are more beautiful than what we have um, right outside Helena. But anyway, so in 2008, I bought a townhouse here. Right at the top of the market. (laughs) Yeah, the next. (laughs) Lisa, you are just a bundle of optimism today. Yeah. We did get our money back last year. Good. We we rented it out for 13 years. The next year after I bought in 2009, it was worth half what I paid for it. So I'm very thankful. Uh, It was stayed rented the whole time. So Good. Anyway, so that's how we, and then we kind of semi-retired in Montana and came down here and went to work for hospice and um, part-time for hospice. And, and Lisa, you had mentioned in an earlier conversa- conversation that you were a dental hygienist in Montana. Yeah. yeah. And how many years did you do that? Um, about 34 years. Wow. And um, so it was a big move. I was in the same office for 20 years. So when he wow. wanted to move south, he finally said, I'm moving south and you can either stay here or come with me. So. <laughs> What a guy. No. (laughs) And you two have been together how many years now? 41 three quarters. Oh, congratulations. Only a fourth of a year to go to make it to 42. And you guys are on the way. I can see that. (laughs) (laughs) Unless we mess it up with our questions. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. What did you do before? Well, that's to both of you. I was, uh, I've been a photographer for, you know, over 40 years now, and, um, so you I were... I think it's 55. I, what? Close to. It's over 50. Well, I graduated from photo school in 1978, so... And did they have digital photography then? No, no, no. Mm-mm. 
Now, that did, was, did you ever do the light room stuff? Oh yeah. Okay. You mean dark room stuff? Oh yeah, dark room. Yeah, stuff. now I do the light room. I, I look on that. <laughs> I guess you do. Actually, I was very happy to get out of the chem chemistry. I had many dark rooms, and, and at one time we had moved out to Seattle. I I bought a one-hour photo, and uh, that's a whole different type of chemistry and everything. But I got tired of being in the dark room. Tired of being in the dark. <laughs> sure, sure. And did you have favorites, uh, favorite topics to photograph, or? Well, I've always been a fine art photographer. Okay. Um, in fact, which gets back to their first question about how I got into art, um, mm -hmm. and I'll get right back to that. But I, uh, most of those years, I spent in portrait photography. I had several portrait studios, just because that's where the you you know you. Or, you uh, made your living and stuff. So, but when I when I was in high school, my sister, my older sister, had a, got a job at a ceramics uh, factory art place in Helena called um, the Archie Bray Foundation. And if you're in ceramics, it's a very well known place. But if you're not, nobody knows about it. But so she really got into pottery and then I was very interested so we bought a wheel together and moved it in the basement and our plan was to become professional potters and she she eventually did become a professional potter but then she started dating a guy in Helena he was a professional photographer and so he kind of took me under his wing because I just that was where my my main interest was and I got back into pottery about maybe three or four years ago after all this time because I had that great desire that I never had realized, you know, so. I've seen some of your pottery and I'm amazed to hear you say you've only been doing that three or four years. It's, it's fantastic and each work is unique and very skillfully oh, done. Thank you. I think you're being too kind. <laughs> I get some nice pieces every now yeah, and then. Yeah, you do. <laughs> you do. Beautiful pieces. So did Lisa find your clientele for your photography studio? <laughs> you know, that's funny you should ask that. Lisa I'll, would I'll say, you've got, you've got a nice smile, thanks to me. <laughs> you should go down to the photography studio. Well, I'll let her tell this, that part of it, but, you know, being an artist is, for most people, a struggle. And for... All of those years that I did, I probably had 10 really good years, and then the rest of it was a struggle, doing several other things. But she did actually, um, she telephone solicited it for me for a while. Oh, wow. <laughs> After her work, you know, uh -huh. and uh, she was very good at it. Go ahead and tell them about it. <laughs> We'd love to hear how. Well, we got some very unique customers, and it was. Whenever they agreed to get their photographs taken, it was always a um, pretty exciting moment. But I've always appreciated Eric's photography, and he's done a lot of uh, senior portraits and so forth. And it's one of those times in a lot of kids' lives that it's the one opportunity, it's all about them. Mm -hmm. And I always feel very sad when they make choices to just take them on their phone or whatever because they miss out on those beautiful portrait, portraits that they can have right after high school and mm -hmm. they're a lifetime portrait and Eric had many 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 
come back to him at different times and want copies of those and they're pretty precious so that's I always appreciated what he did and wanted to emphasize that and they weren't just a photograph they were an heirloom and so that's the kind of photographer he photography he's always done so it's been easy to sell I can relate to that because recently we were going through my deceased father's home and my two sons were with me and some of my high school graduation pictures were there, my senior pictures. Mm -hmm. And much to my surprise, my sons wanted those pictures. Yes. So mm -hmm. yeah, it is a, somewhat of a family heirloom. Now, Eric, you mentioned that you said being an artist is a struggle. Are you talking about financially, emotionally, mm -hmm. or both? Yeah, probably both, you know, because it's hard when it's hard to make a living financially through your art. And you know, over the years, I've come to realize it's not the best artist that wins, it's the best marketer that wins. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, it's not the ideal situation, but that's, it is what it is, right? You know, so. You just got to keep at it, kind of, you know, endure it. And well, do you still like doing art? And I asked this question because we had Allie from Alaska that we interviewed a couple of weeks ago, and she said that do it, she's a painter. Doing her painting was getting to be work. Okay, And I think Linda agreed that her painting at times becomes work. So does photography ever work for you? Um, yeah, it, it is work when I'm working for for people, for, you know, the portraits, because there's so much to deal with, you know, just so much to deal with. The, the vanity, the, um, you know, just, uh, you have to be a psychologist and, you know, but, but yet you're trying to get something that's timeless and, and genuine, you know, and not staged and all that. <clears throat> so there's a lot involved there, you know, and, and that does get tiresome. You know, as far as being an artist, it's something, art is something you have to do. And, you know, it's a, it's therapy or it's part of who you are. So when I'm on the potter's wheel or I'm shooting with our, our photo club here, our photo society. The photo society. <laughs> that came from our name and hell with it. No, it's just, uh, we just do it. It's just what part of who we are. And so it's very much ingrained in us. You know, it's just God gave us talents and some are, there's a lot of talented people in this town. It's amazing. There are. Mm -hmm. We were at a, um, in the classroom recently, Steve and I were having a meeting and I remember the photography group was getting ready to set up. The rain had just stopped and a beautiful rainbow came out and all of you photographers went running out of the room and I thought, where are they running to? Because you guys like ran into the street or something and I stayed on the other side of the uh, building where I was and I said, oh, this will probably look pretty cool, the rainbow from here with the flag bite. I want to tell you, my <laughs> photograph looked awful and then I saw <coughs> the photographs that that you artists really took and I was like oh my gosh that tell, was an amazing rainbow yeah tell me about how you knew how to take such a good picture of the rainbow I saw yours online well you know just doing something you know ten, like they say 10,000 times and 
you get to know where those rainbows are going to be. And But that was a beautiful rainbow, that double. Yeah, I think it was maybe top ten in my lifetime. I agree. Yeah. It was like, wow. You know. And then some of you artists got the reflections of the, the palm trees in the street or the street sign. And I was like, oh, wow, and this is quite Kelsen amazing. Got the, the reflection in the street. Yeah. The wet street. Yeah, that was yeah. gorgeous. Yeah, it's a, that's a good group of people. Any, any uh, uh, aspiring photographers out there or that haven't been to it, I'd like to welcome them to come. It's every the second Tuesday of every month, isn't that correct? Yeah, I'd like to see some of Tyler's <clears throat> class, some of his students come. And, and actually, we're going to interview one, I forget his name, but he won um, Emerging Artist a couple months ago. All right. And he's coming in for a podcast next Thursday. Oh, nice. That'll be interesting. Yeah, I'll try um, to recruit him. Yeah. The Mesquite Fine Arts Photography Group, you said, meets once a month on Tuesdays. Mm -hmm. And is it open to yeah. everybody, whether they're a member or not? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, you know, we have all kinds of outings and speakers, and there's a bunch of good photographers there, right? Yeah, there is. Yeah, he gave a good, good. Uh, but I'm not a photographer. Yeah. I've given up. <laughs> so I just come to watch, watch you all, to marvel at, at everyone else. Is there a story that sticks out with your art involving a senior girl? <laughs> How involving about, a senior I've girl. I've got a lot of funny stories. In fact, I thought, I thought that. Uh, I thought that uh, it would be fun to have a book or, uh, you know, uh, maybe make a little video of the funny stories that are in, in each profession that it would only happen in the profession. One story, our, my studio in, in Helena was just on the other side of the lake. We have a great big lake there. And so I had a beautiful, uh, all the girls wanted to be photographed by the water and stuff. So we were, <laughs> we were there one time and there was just, I was taking pictures of this little gal and we're like, she's laying on the beach and her mom, and I, I usually would have, I always like to have one of their friends there or their mother or mm -hmm. something to hold reflectors and stuff because I like the natural light better. But I did use the, the off-camera flashes and stuff. But these storms would roll across Canyon Ferry Lake fast. All of a sudden, there'd be a storm there and people get in trouble in their boats. And all of a sudden, the storm rolled over and um, you could feel the electricity, you know. And um, I mean the the lightning bolts, you know, and all of a sudden, um, <laughs> her hair stood straight up yeah, and, really? her, and her mother, you know, oh my gosh. and I looked over at her mom and said, oh, get out of here. <laughs> Were you getting some pictures then? <laughs> yeah, I was. And that's what she used for a scene in your book? You know, it was like with a photographer, a fisherman, you know, one more cast, one more, yeah. one more, and that's the way it is with us. And um, But no, I've had tons of funny stuff, but... Um, okay. Wow, that's that's an impressive story. That's amazing. <laughs> well, Lisa, tell us a little bit what it's like to be married to an artist. Are they really as moody as I hear? And and you were, and I'm sure for a while, if he said it was a struggle as an artist, you were a financial supporter as well mm -hmm. for your family. Yeah, um, yeah, it was it was a lot of tight years though, but. God always came through for us, and I don't know, I yeah. used to think Eric was a miracle worker with our financial 
status. So yeah, I think I think the the biggest thing with an artist, we always call it the artist personality, got us a lot of out of a lot of tight places where <laughs> um, the absent-minded part of the artist is <laughs> not the, not the organi- yeah the, the lack of organizational. <laughs> Um, being where they're supposed to be at the time they're supposed to be there was always a challenge. And before cell phones, he would be in town, and my poor son would be waiting for him at home, and the people would show up, or and we would start making excuses. And our go-to was always, you know, those artists—they're, you know, they just got a different timetable. So, yeah, yeah, we we use that quite a bit. And, um, like I said, I've always appreciated Eric's art, and. Even his pottery, and uh, he gives away and sells a lot of the pottery I like to keep. I think God made up for it for us by giving me such a great profession. I mean, I thank God every day I was a dental hygienist. I started out as a dental assistant, and then went back to school, was given that opportunity while Eric ran the, his one-hour photo, <laughs> and took care of our son. Eric maneuvered his schedule around taking care of our boys, which was just an awesome, awesome thing. Our boys didn't go to daycare for the most part. So I would work three days a week and when I wasn't working then I took care of the boys and he made his appointment. So it actually worked out really, really well and our boys had a great, great father figure and (laughs) a stable stable home environment for us. I never felt bad about that as far as him being in the art world because he did try other things and they just never they were always kind of just haphazard and they never were his heart seeing him be able to to work in his field of gifting was always a pleasure to see that so is that you did get cut from the new york mets then what about your boys well, uh, we have two sons. One is a dentist in Butte, Montana, currently buying a bar. <laughs> he's never, well, yeah, he's always wanted to buy a, or run a bar, so he's going to bought this bar and it's looking good. Yeah, he finds that he thinks that running a bar is going to be less ex- less less stressful than being a dentist. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, we will see. So he's going to stop being a dentist temporarily. I think he's going to lose his license. I mean, yeah. he won't. You I think know, he's going to stay in the cosmetic side of things or oh, okay. something like that. But um, yeah, for right now, he's going to focus on running the bar. He could do that in the back room of the bar. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, you know, I could fix your smile. Yeah. He's, he's going to keep it. They call him Doc. All of his friends call him Doc, yeah. so he's going to call it Docs. So oh, I he's going to keep. He's going to keep the. We're excited for him. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then our younger boy. Uh, we have 15 years between the two of them. Do you really? Yep. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yep. We had a long stretch there, and our youngest boy is an Air Force pilot in Biloxi, Mississippi. Oh my! Yeah, he's a hurricane hunter. They call him hurricane really? hunters. Yeah. They fly into the eye of the hurricane mm-hmm. and. Uh, he, he's a he's an artist too though he's a filmmaker uh, oh. and so um, he's kind of easy going and <laughs> if I won't <laughs> I won't get into that too much we have a lot of fun we made a movie together and made a uh, music video 
Nate was the director and the writer and the producer, and we were all in the movie, <laughs> including oh, the fun. older boy. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> now, you were in the Yellowstone, the series as uh, well. Yes, yeah, How'd that yeah, happen? Uh, well, so you're famous now. Yeah, kind of famous. And I, uh, want your, I want your autograph okay. before you leave. <laughs> okay. I'll tell your listeners. It was... I. I did uh, just. I was just an extra in. Um, in I'm in the very first scene of the first season. Um, like within the first three minutes, uh, I walk up the stairs of the Capitol in Helen and I say hi to uh, Jamie. Oh, oh, you had a speaking part. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I had a nodding part. Uh, Jamie and Beth walk by and nod at me. But, but my our our, our youngest son, um, he was extra. Oh, actually, Dan was too. Our Nate, um, the Air Force pilot, he was, we were filmed on the streets of Bozeman, Montana, as fishermen. We we came out of the store, and we're still waiting for that one to get in, and it was quite a extensive filming. And then this summer, Harrison Ford is in uh, an offshoot of the Yellowstone series called 1925. And so Daniel, our older boy, he was an extra in that. And, and in fact, we've seen him in one of them, and there's more to come. So, <laughs> yeah, it was pretty fun. <laughs> Wow. How Actually, do you... I think it's 1923, so if they're looking for oh, it. Is it? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's so the they... newest one. Yeah, right? 19... Harrison oh. Ford. Yeah. And... Yeah. 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 So he got to be up close and personal yeah. with Harrison we're... Ford, but they couldn't, wow. they can't talk to the main actors, so you can no, nod no. and, you know, acknowledge their presence, but you can't. So, what kind of fun story about that is we were, but I, I was going to be in that with Dan, and we, um, I was cast as a German World War One soldier. I know nothing. Nothing. And he was cast as a American doughboy. But we, they kept changing the schedule, so we couldn't get our schedules together. So we had to, that scene, and we, I wasn't in that. So. Oh, that's too bad. I could see you as a German soldier <laughs> right now. Yeah, I couldn't you best see? He was the best haircut he ever got. <laughs> and yeah, then they paid him to cut his hair. Wow. Yeah, it was quite a deal, you know, because they try to make those things very uh, authentic. Sure. And so we had to go, I had to go there a week before the shoot, mm -hmm. and um, they had barbers from L.A. that gave us these haircuts, you know, and then they paid you, and then you had to suit up in the German armor, you know, and the... They had uh, spikes on their shoes and stuff like that. So, but anyway, it didn't work out. And I got a good haircut out of it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that costuming and finding all the the pieces for the set is really quite yeah. an art in itself, mm -hmm. isn't it? Yeah. While other people watch movies or series, I'm always looking at the background saying, oh, my grandma had a clock like that, or my mother had a cosmetic case, you know, it's quite it's a thing. It's really interesting. How did you know you were an artist and when, Eric? When I was, like I said, when I was uh, in high school, high school. Um, I got uh, kind of sidetracked with um, photography for a lot of years, but... Um, there's so many mediums out there that I don't want to do any other ones except for music, um, and I've always played music on the side, kind of. So. That's right. That's a big part of both of your lives now, isn't it? Yeah. Music. You both sing. Yeah. We do some old gospel. Yeah. Yeah. And I write some of my own stuff yeah. too, you know. And, yeah. and you were going to take it on the road, I think you said. Yeah, well, that's our. I think that's our our um, next thing we're going to do is we bought an RV and we love to travel and um, 
We just thought we'd bring some music to some of these campgrounds and um, conversation about the Lord and just kind of open up the doors that way and see where that takes us. So nothing formal or fancy, but just kind of down to earth and good conversation. So we also um, we're going to go out to Nashville this um, spring is the plan and uh, get some of the and, songs in the RV. Yeah. Uh, well, I think we're going to, we've driven out there a couple times, so we're going to mm -hmm. drive out and mm -hmm. uh, we met a, um, what do you call that, a producer there that's going to, he's um, going to be, he just did one song for me and he's going to, you know, add all this stuff to to about a dozen other ones. Oh, so we could have an album come out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just with Eric, I'm not going to be on it. I just kind of in the backup on the old gospel and... Yeah, he's more of the writer, multi singer. Yeah. Well, we've got a couple. We've got a couple of your songs mm -hmm. that we're going to add to. We'll play um, at the end of the podcast, mm -hmm. so our listeners. Yeah, you guys don't let us know. If you think yeah. we should get anything else recorded. Yeah. Our, 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 our listeners shouldn't <laughs> tune out. Yeah, don't be too hard on us. <laughs> oh, I get to love it. Yeah. Yeah. Our tens, our tens of listeners. <laughs> those, those people at the nursing home, they're 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 not very particular. And they're they, captive. Yep, captive audience. So, so we have a good time. Tell me about your work at the nursing home and what you do with hospice. I. Kind of after we semi-retired, I went to Bible school for um, a year, and then Eric had came down and spent that winter here down in Mesquite by himself. And in that process, I it was suggested that I go to chaplain school, and so I combined the two and became a chaplain. Mm, and congratulations! Uh, thank you. Yeah, and so it was a real a way to apply what I learned at Bible school and I was it's been an awesome awesome experience we got to Mesquite and there was a hospice job available so I applied and got the job and I was there for a couple weeks and their massage therapist had quit and Eric had gone to school for massage therapy so I called him up Mid taco. <laughs> I just ordered some tacos <laughs> at Del Taco. <laughs> she and says, "Get over here. You have to have you have an interview for yeah. this job." And I'm like, "What?" <laughs> so, but I love it. It's yeah. it's awesome. So, we working with these people. Are, yeah. So incredible. Eric massages the outside, and yeah. I talk, talk about the inside. We have kind of a dual approach, and yeah. it's been a great. It's been a a, a great ministry mm -hmm. um, and we get paid for it and so it's just been awesome we've met so many beautiful wonderful people and been it's been a privilege to walk through this time of life with them and their families and I always feel like we're more blessed than they are so we've had a few that we take the guitar in and sang to them and I don't know if we scared them or what <laughs> But, but our, our our this little company, I guess it's not that little that we work for. They're just awesome. They just are so like the best bosses we've ever had. You know. Yeah. Just, can we tell them the name of the company or I give them an advertisement? I think you can. Yeah, yeah, sure. Makes a view hospice. Yeah, oh, it's right. makes a view yeah. Chanel, yeah. Yeah. yeah, wonderful, wonderful people to work with and yeah. for. And like I said, it's opened the door to be able to. We always love meeting people and 
chatting it up and visiting and just to have that opportunity at this point in people's lives it's just it's pretty darn special and like I said we always feel like yeah we get more blessed we get more blessed than they do uh, yeah it's been pretty pretty neat experience so we'll be doing that for a while and I I volunteered for Tidewell Hospice in Sarasota, mm-hmm. Florida. Oh, right. And so I'll say that the, the, the well, I did IT support, so I didn't get to see too much. I just changed nurses' passwords mostly. <laughs> uh, but I know that the, the chaplain was a, a very big part of the organization because mm-hmm. they face losing yeah. arguably their best friends yeah. mm-hmm. um, every week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. the tough part about it. Yeah, and then the, the people that are passing, it's. Um, you know, it's it's that time in our life where the rubber meets the road, and they have a lot of life evaluation, self-evaluation. But a lot of them are pretty ready to go and kind of excited to see what's on the other side, and the family members waiting for them. It seems like as we age, we always have more of an investment in heaven. So it changes the perspective. Um, just kind of talking about, I believe, the eternity that we have, and. Um, just what's waiting for us on the other side. And that's kind of what I feel like this life is just kind of just the beginning chapter of our book. You know, it talks about uh, Psalms about the Lord writing a book about each one of us. And I just think we barely scratched the surface on this side of the veil. So there's a lot waiting for us, I think, on the other side. And there's, um, after I get done talking about heaven, I kind of get jealous sometimes about them getting to move on before I do. But I think it's it's just a, it's a very hopeful, a lot of times conversations and um, peaceful and for the family and so forth. And just to be there and not, and just be be a, a presence for them and, a, and a, a comfort. But, you know, you don't preach a lot a lot of times during that period of time. You're just there is just loving on them and walking the journey with them. And, and I, I took it from our nurses who I talk to every day while I change their passwords that they probably help the families mm-hmm. more than they help the patients. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. the families were really looking out for, mm-hmm. I mean, not that the patient did, and that was right. the focus, but mm-hmm. the families really needed the help. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, a lot of times the patients are pretty sick, and the, the caretakers take the brunt of the, they feel the pain. And they're, they're very weary, you know, their mm-hmm. their family members right. are weary. But also, a lot of them, they don't have anybody. There's no family. Mm-hmm. And so we, we love to... To interact with them, the ones that don't have family, you know, because um, you know they're 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 lonesome. A lot of them, and so we we get a, you know, we look forward to seeing them, and they look forward to seeing us, you know. So we get to hear their stories, yeah. and you know, there's a there's a part of all of us that wants to share who we are, and we're we're kind of just there as as get to share in their their lives and. It's just amazing the wealth and the beauty of a lot of these people's lives and the hard work that they've done and the accomplishments they've had. And we're, the, we're a lot of times the last ones to be able to hear those great moments of their lives. So right. it's an awesome thing to share. So. And that's why we do this podcast, because everybody has a story. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. Yeah. And everybody doesn't think they have a story. <clears throat> right. But when you get down to it, there's some really good stories out there. Mm-hmm. 
There are. Even the Wardells. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, I, I'm curious, how did you two meet? We were at church, and uh, she was there with her sister, and I was there with a friend of mine, and he was a big, tall guy, friend of mine, and her sister was tall, and I thought, well, let's go talk to those two. <laughs> Because his, my friend was interested in his her sister, mm -hmm. and I had just come out of a broken engagement, so I wasn't looking for a relationship thing. Right. But mm -hmm. of course, my friend that didn't work out, and then we, I had a roommate that was a good friend of Eric's. Yeah, and then uh, she invited him over for a singles group meeting, and yeah. the first night she did that, I had a date, and I left <laughs> off with another guy. <laughs> I thought, dang it. <laughs> But that not didn't pan out, and we just kind of started hanging out. And this was all yeah. in Montana. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What got you to Montana, or did we already ask that? No, my parents got divorced, and my mom had been through Montana many, many years before, and she. I was raised in California, Southern California, and um, so she wanted to get out of town, so she took. I'm one of seven, so the young the younger five of us went to Montana with my mom okay and we started a new life and never looked back I just have always loved Montana and just kind of took off from there so can't beat the scenery nope nope yeah it was a good move Eric do you use social media I do yeah uh, I used to promote my business with it pretty extensively on Facebook and somewhat a little bit on Instagram but now I just post you know photos or just for fun you know I'm not trying right now to build a business uh, when I go home I work as a photographer but I do have a massage license up there too and I do that but I primarily do that here so I didn't think I need to manage those websites and it, it's it takes a lot of time and a lot of people now just hire people to do it which makes sense but but your work is in our gallery, your pottery and your photography, yeah, yeah, and you've won awards. Right. Yeah, I, I've won a couple awards. A couple. <laughs> and are you also a member of another art group in St. George? Or? No, uh, no. Okay. Uh, we, uh, we know we have, there's a camera club up there that we've gotten to know through our, through our society. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. They're very, very talented up there, so. Um, I'm pretty much, uh, you know, the, the local, so. So I'm getting the idea that when you started, you were doing your art because you loved it, but you are also in it as a business, mm -hmm. but are you doing your art more for you now? Um, I'm doing it for the love of it, but mm -hmm. it's like Lisa said earlier, we don't, you know, we don't hang on to a lot of it, you know, it's always gifted away, or sometimes it, it, it sells at the art center, but sometimes it doesn't, you know, it's always been good gifts. And I think, Lisa, you said you regret that some of his better pieces are gone. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I did uh, porcelain art oh. in Missouri, uh -huh. and... Um, sold at the time I sold my better pieces and then when I moved I was like I had to get rid of my kiln and find a new art medium and I thought oh my gosh my best stuff is gone now I wish I hadn't yeah. been so anxious to sell so tell me about <laughs> maybe one piece in particular that Eric sold that you wished he had hung on to 
Um, I think he does he does pottery up in Montana. Oh, okay. Um, as well as down here, but I like the mediums he works with down here. Red clays with the I don't know. It just seems like his um, glazes and stuff like that are. I'm. They're more attractive to me than the ones he does up in Montana. But I think do porcelain up there. Mm-hmm. You know they have. Uh, Montana porcelain, and so I use that a lot. I, I like oh, sure. the, the white clay. And yeah. So I think he did some with uh, kind of black and and gold and highlights and stuff like that. I remember that set, and he gave all that away. So. <laughs> <laughs> and you're still married? How many years? Forty-two <laughs> and three fours, or <laughs> yeah. But we don't have a lot of room for it, so I'm glad it gets yeah. to bless other people. But there's a few pieces that I wish he could duplicate and have the, you know. But his stuff is always unique. It doesn't seem like it. He repeats much. It's kind of a one one of a kind, and they go on and he does something different the next time. So get them while you can. Get them while you can. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, I really like your piano piece. Oh, thank you. That's thank up there you. right now. And that was great. I think oh, that yes. should have won Best in Show. <laughs> well, thank you. Hear that, Randy? <laughs> Here's a question for you. How do you feel about the new categories in the exhibitions where we split photography mm-hmm. off from brush art? Let me see. There's photography, brush art, 3D natural art. And Don't look at me. You know how I feel about this. <laughs> Thank so you for bringing that up. <laughs> how do you feel? Um, you know, I, I, I'm one of. I think I'm in the minority, but I, I kind of liked the change because it, it's hard to compete uh, with a visual piece with a, you know, uh, tactile or, uh, you know, mm-hmm. a sculpture and stuff. And so when they're all vying for the same thing, it, it's. Uh, I think it'd be pretty difficult judging for that you know um our our group seems to win a lot though you know before they made the switch and i i don't know i think just whatever i think these awards really are not that important but i think if it gets people involved in the whole process and that's an amazing thing about this little community it's like they're always trying to get people involved in art you know even the elderly they've got stuff for the do you know what they call that uh, stay smart with art yes yeah, stay smart with art and which all these other which we're going things. to tonight oh, cool that's not for the elderly eric <laughs> oh. we're going to that oh. is that for us <laughs> guess we're kind of elderly right <laughs> not in this community we're no. the oldest ones of our friends up north we come down here and we're the children <laughs> It's good. So, Steve, we have a new name for us. Elderly. I thought we were just seniors. Oh, no. I know. You're you're a youngster. I'm old. I'm going to probably pay for that statement, right? We never never turned down a senior discount, though. There you go. Well, back to the uh, competitions. I was really excited to see that Wendy Douglas did some dough art. 3D dough art sculpture, and she won best of show in the competition. I really liked, Steve and I disagree on this, but I walked into the gallery, and even though there weren't as many pieces because it's during a busy time, it was during the holidays when we changed in and out, and people aren't sure 
what to think about the new categories. I thought the gallery looked so nice and we had so many unique pieces. Some people even made um, lamps that looked like what you would pull out from the attic. And mm -hmm. I thought the 3D pieces were fantastic. The photography was great. Some of the sketches were very unique. And the brush art, of course, I'm in that group. I'm always competing against Cheryl Sachs and <laughs> Floyd Johnson. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, yeah. but this time there were only four of us competing for three prizes. So we had a better chance. I had a better chance. <laughs> That's a tough group. <laughs> it yeah. is a tough group. <laughs> hey, so Eric, what about your personal breakthrough piece? I'm not talking commercial. Talking personal breakthrough art. I think uh, maybe over all the years that I've done this, I've probably got a half a dozen pieces of art that um, not. And I wouldn't say that about ceramics, but I, I mean about photography, where I looked at them and said, I couldn't have possibly done this. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It was something so amazing. No inspiration. Not really, uh, uh, but I mean, like it came from somewhere else. Like it was divinely inspired. Yeah. And I looked at it, and I and I look and say, I pulled a rabbit out of my hat, but I, I don't know how that happened, you know. And I've maybe got a half a dozen images that it's kind of like everybody knows that music is divine, but some art, and I think people know that about certain art, they know that it's like this had to be divinely inspired. Like well, as a non-artist, I feel like any. Art is a gift from God. Yeah, because <laughs> he's, he's creative. I'm, you know, I, mean, not, I think I'm God is a, creative. Yeah. And, and I think if you don't do art, it gives you, you know, and you've tried, you know, I can't even draw a decent stick figure, or, and I can't take pictures like Eric does, and you know, I, I, from the outside looking in, I get the giftings of you guys that are artists. I mean, I'm just blown away. It's something I'll have to wait till I get to heaven to be able to do, but I just, I so appreciate it. And, you know, you talk about brush art or whatever, it's, it's fantastic. And it's, I just feel like it's a divine gift as a whole. And every once in a while, maybe you get that where it really jumps out as you as the artist where you're like, wow. But for the non-artist, most of us are inspired by pretty much every piece of art, you know, in some way, just the appreciation of it, so. question out to you guys that you're going to say, where did this come from, Steve? Like the last one? Like the last one? Are you a righty, a lefty, or ambidextrous? I'm a uh, righty, but I, I'm a little bit ambidextrous, like when I'm playing basketball and stuff, I can use my left hand and Can stuff you? like that, yeah. When you got cut from the Mets, you <laughs> said, well, let me pitch left hand. The Yanks. The Yanks, I'm sorry, I took to the Mets, got on. And Lisa, so I'll throw that question to you, oh. but because I don't know that I can tell. No, my, my, um, my dentist, my dental hygienist, I know she's right-handed because she uses mm -hmm. her right hand. Mm -hmm. 
I'm definitely right-handed, but um, our oldest son is a left-handed, and he insists that all left-handed people are smarter than right-handed people. So well, well, that's well, there's a gifting there, yes. too. So. Yeah, he's way smarter than me. <laughs> Did you ever look to see how many presidents were left-handed? It's quite a few of them, because we yeah. talked about that. Didn't we talk about that on a podcast once? Oh, can I ask one more question? Oh, sure. Take your time. Thank you, Linda. <laughs> if you could go back in time in the art world, but it doesn't have to be the art world. If you could go back in time to observe, what would that time be? Art related, would you say? I would say open it up to whatever you want. Okay. Well, you know, we're just talking about, you know, how sometimes you create these maybe mini masterpieces. And I, I, I'm not saying that vainly. I, I don't want to sound that way. Oh, I understand what you're saying. Um, yeah. So, I don't know if you've seen the things about Leonardo da Vinci and how he would disappear for at times and he'd come back and then he would produce all these amazing things in a short period of time. I'd like to see what, what, why, why, what happened there. And there are several ex examples of that, of great artists over, his, over history where they tapped into something and they were able to, I wonder how they did that. Hmm. I guess that's what I would go look for, art-wise. Interesting. Hmm. Lisa? Um, I, I think there's been different times in our history where the culture was more artistic or the even the dress of the people, you know, like the picture that he took of the, of the gal that had pulled things out of the attic or whatever there's different times in our our um, even recent history in this last century that where people were just more I think attuned to the artistic bent in their lives I I think that um, with our world as fast as it's working all the or fast as it's moving all the time I don't see that as much you know I in our everyday life like if you look at the older cars or the older just the the outfits that people wore and they didn't leave the house unless they were dressed to the nines and the, the care that they took about their personal selves and also their creativity and their homes and cities and things like that kind of the architecture and stuff like that I I think I mean I'm just kind of thinking of a period of time you know like the 20s to the 40s in our in our country you know with that kind of persona about the people and I've seen that's what I would like I would like to and I've always said I always want to go back to Seattle when it was I, I was there in the late 80s and 90s when everything was just exploding and it still is and and I'd like to go back to some of these cities and in an earlier time and be able to kind of not not necessarily to the old west but when they were kind of developing and and they still had the character of the older buildings and the just the persona that they were created in i'd like to kind of take a look at some of that old stuff but anyway yeah i know i know what you mean that's yeah if you've ever watched because my stuff. wife and i marvel at um, the marvelous Miss Maisel. Oh, if you've it. ever yeah. seen that, uh -huh. yeah. just their their dress, the yeah. clothes. Yeah, yeah, they're always dressed. Amazing. And you know me now, I ha I wear um, summertime hike or wintertime hike. That's all I have. <laughs> yeah. And we went to the Nutcracker, and they're like, "Well, you got to dress up." I'm like, "Dress up? What? I'm dressed up." <laughs> <laughs>
Got clothes on, yeah. Anyway. Did you dress, did you wear your dress up hiking clothes? <laughs> I put on some old clothes, but no tie. Because so, I don't have any more ties. The ties are all gone. That's because the kids, when they were young and they worked it, as waiters, oh. uh-huh. they would steal my ties. <laughs> I, I, I went to a meeting one time in Kansas City and I had one tie with me. And my partner who was there, he said, um, oh, look at that big stain you have on your tie. He was like, I bought two ties. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> kids, kids, yes. And then they hang it back up after they got the big grease stain on it. Yeah. Right, right. Like you're not going to notice. Yeah. Well, we always ask our guests, what has inspired you this week? This week, the snow that we've gotten lately on these mm-hmm. mountains is just beautiful. And we, we've been trying... Uh, one thing we've been trying lately is to go um, uh, hiking once a week. Somebody's cell phone. Oh. That's, that's fine. It's not. Must have been mine. Sorry. But it's a, it's a podcast. Don't be sorry. <laughs> so anyway, I think the southwestern Utah and, and this, this whole area is unbelievable. and. Mm-hmm. Like I mentioned earlier, before we started, the, these mountains here, these Virgin Mountains, are—they're way more majestic than what's just outside of Helena. You know, until you get up into the park, either parks, uh, Glacier, or Yellowstone, you don't see those kind of mountains. But here, it's impressive. You know, it's, and then we got the desert. So I think uh, that having those snow-capped mountains—that's um, really been an inspiration this last week. So where have you been hiking? Uh, we went up to, we go up to St. George okay. and, uh, you know, we just been trying to find the good day hikes. We'll go up mm-hmm. there and we try to find water. I like to photograph water. And so we go um, where we can generally find some water and hike sure. some, vol- there's a couple of neat little volcanoes up there, you know, right over by Snow Canyon. And, mm-hmm. and you can walk two, two of them in like, I think that was one of my favorite hikes so far. Yeah. It was so awesome. Right off the road. Very cool. You know, yeah, and it had just gorgeous. snowed. There was about a quarter inch of snow, and it reflected the the lava, black lava reflected through the, or you could see the black lava through the light snow, and it was a that was really awesome. Yeah, so that's been fun. Somebody put up a picture. Was it Sue Kelson? Somebody put up a waterfall in uh, Snow Canyon. Oh, uh-huh. just the other day. Uh-huh. I think it was her. She's so good. Yeah, she's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, we'd like to go on a. We're looking for a couple hikes in Snow Canyon that we're gonna do. So we're gonna go down to Valley of Fire this Saturday. weekend. Yeah, I was just there, and they have some nice puddles. Oh, do they? Oh. <laughs> Get some good reflections. Yeah, good yes. reflection puddles. Yeah. yeah. So, Lisa, what's inspired you this week? Hmm. I don't know. I was just thinking. You know, that old saying of mom ain't happy, nobody's happy, but I think it's more if your children aren't happy, then no one's happy. And I just, this last couple of weeks, both of our boys have had some big breakthroughs with our oldest son finally coming to conclusion with this bar purchase that he's been working on for so long. It's kind of like a a dream for him. And then uh, our youngest son just bought tickets to the playoff game and uh, San Francisco is going to be over there for his um, job and I don't know I just that's what I'm inspired by is the the blessings in their lives and the blessings that come that way and those are always pretty precious to me so I would say in the last week 
And I can tell you both came in here with a smile. You're remaining with a smile no matter how bad, how many bad questions we ask. <laughs> I shouldn't say bad questions. I have one more question before we... Is it going to be a bad one or a good one? Oh, hopefully a good one. Lisa's mesquite still so ugly? Not at all. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I, I think it was one of those... To tell you the truth, I think it was because all I saw of Mesquite was kind of right off the freeway sure. and in the early 2000, when we first came, when he wanted to buy something down here was in 2000 and I often regret that. I would probably be a multimillionaire if I just listened to him on that one, but <laughs> just haven't been able right to, 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 buy, to buy things for pennies on the dollar is what we can now. but. I just see beauty everywhere here now. I, I can't, I just can't believe that I thought it was that drab or whatever. I, I came out of the high desert in California in the, in the Mojave up against the San Gabriels and it just was a different kind of desert. And here it just looked bleak and barren and I don't, I don't think I looked far enough to see the mountains and the character there and now that's all I see. So I love it here. I do. I think it's absolutely beautiful. Good to know. And it's changed a lot since 2000 as well. Yeah. I think the development of the town and so forth, but still the mountains, they are, you can, they're pretty special. So. Thank you guys for coming. Thank you. Thank, this, was, well, this was really fun. Really fun. Yeah, thank you for yeah. doing a couple's interview. This is our only our our third couple, I think. Aww. Okay, and it's fun. Yes, it is. It was really fun. Well, it was a privilege. Yeah, yeah thank you. We get much. some good back and forth, and you know, I don't think you guys are going to get divorced after this or anything. We didn't. We won't be. <laughs> no, Linda and Steve. <laughs> after you've been together, like you know, for that long, it takes a lot to push your buttons. <laughs> right. Well, I so so enjoyed getting to know you both better. Thank you for coming in. Same here. Thank you. Welcome. Yep. Thank you. And now we're going to play some music. All right. So please stay tuned.
Broadcasting from Mesquite, Nevada, in the scenic Mojave Desert, the Art Box sponsors thank you for listening. To find our next and past podcasts, find us online at mesquitefineartcenter.com, where all accompanying images and links are available on the Art Box page. Questions, comments, opinions, and concerns can be sent to artboxvv at gmail.com. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of its hosts and guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the Virgin Valley Artists Association. Mm-hmm.